This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good evening, everyone. This is the To Back podcast, uh, the award-winning To Back podcast, as I should say, sponsored by Old Logical Bar and Kingfisher. I'm your host, Nathaniel Witto, and tonight I'm joined by both, uh, kind of, you know, standard guests, um, typical, you know, usual suspects, even Will and Ant. So uh, after four points this week, um, how are we feeling about Hull City? Very good. Very good indeed. Seven and beat fourth. Yeah, good. Mm-hmm. Delightful. Uh, Delightful. You've got, you've got a packet of. Uh, well, why don't you just explain why you've got that for the for the lovely listeners at home? It's a packet of hobnobs. I don't think I need to explain any further. Yeah. Well, some people who perhaps haven't been looking at the news or the whole city kits as we played today. Um, of course, we'll, we might touch on it a bit later. But uh, it's nice to be run by a club um, on biscuit money rather than something a bit less uh, morally. Um, well, know, as I said positive. on Twitter a couple of days ago. Biscuit money over blood oil, anything. Yeah, absolutely. Or even just, it's more exciting and, and kind of welcoming and homely than just car money or energy money or something like that. So, um, yeah, well, let's just launch straight into it. Um, we drew against Leeds. Um, I'm sure we'll mention it later, perhaps, you know, over the course of the 90 minutes. Uh, I'll just ask, Ant, um, were you happy with the draw or did you feel like we missed out on two points because of what happened at the very end? I think 11 versus 11, um, we really struggled to lay a finger on Leeds. Um, I think, you know, they've got a squad that's, you know, worth probably 100 million or something like that. Um, yeah, they had quite a, a, a rough summer with players leaving and whatnot, but they've still got a front line that costs something like around 75 to 80 million pounds. So, you know, they're going to cause a lot of teams problems. They seem to have clicked now, the transfer window's shut. Um, they've got a settled side, Farker knows what he's got now and, and, and they're heading in the right direction. And, it was always going to be a tough game for us. Um, I thought first half we really struggled to stay in the game, but second half, obviously, when they went down to ten men, um, we sort of took the impetus and, um, you know, with very few chances, but probably the best chance of the game, <laughs> which um, Adama um, hits the post with, which is probably harder to do. Um, but you know, I think you'd, we'd have all took a point before the game, wouldn't we? It's just a shame that we couldn't have nabbed three in that little. Um, that, that chance that, you know, you've, you've got to take those if you want to win those games, but we didn't. But we also got a clean sheet, so there's your positive. Yeah, but do you agree with that sentiment, Will? Yeah, for the most part, yeah. Um, I think the draw over the 90 was probably the correct result. Leeds had the first half, we had the second, obviously, held by that yellow card. Um, 
And yeah, as you say, Adama's miss wasn't was wasn't wasn't great. It wasn't great at all. He genuinely did the most hardest thing to do there. It was easier to completely miss the goal or score than it is to hit the woodwork. Yeah. Yeah, I think perhaps, I mean, skipping ahead a little bit, his goal today um, was just sort of instinct, whereas perhaps he had a lot of, a lot of time Very to think about the, yeah. the one at Leeds, um, just sort of almost celebrated, you know, especially in the eighth to ninth minute, thinking about how big the goal could be and then sort of didn't do what he should have done, which is just but, stay calm. I, mean, I, suppose, uh, yeah. I suppose it's matched by... Rooker missing in the first half, also saving from him, and it's a one-on-one, and he really should have scored that yeah. himself. Mm, yeah, so the, the main uh, selection thing that uh, perhaps we were interested about was Ryan Alsop coming in for his debut. and um, came under a lot of sort of criticism from some whole fans who didn't see him play, and then from Cardiff and Derby fans who have seen him play and thought he's not the best goalkeeper when we signed him from on a permanent deal from uh, Cardiff. Ingram hadn't really put a foot wrong, but this is now the the third season where he's been dropped previously for Baxter and Darlow. So, um, and what did you think before the game? And Alsop made some good saves, especially that one-on-one against Rutter. So, um, at the moment, it's his shirt to lose now, isn't it? Yeah, I think what's what's clear is that Rosinia sees the the goalkeeper suiting his system as really important because, like you say, every time now we bring in another goalkeeper that's just as good as Ingram, they they always end up being phased in and, and, mm. and aren't really removed from that point. I think what he sees in Graham is, is is the you know the solid second choice. Um, he's not someone to be grudged if he'd have been the first choice because we know how good we know how good he can be in terms of shot stopping and that. But in terms of actually playing out from the back and his distribution and maybe his calmness on the ball and decision making on when 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 to go long or when to go short. Um, isn't quite what Rosini is after. Whereas Alsop's come in and had what two man of the match performances in, his, in the two games he's played for us. So yeah. it just shows that you know that that extra bit of um, sort of adaptability to the system mm. just helps the team a lot more. But also, you know, helps the back four. I think when we're when we're getting pressed high, I think we were struggling obviously with with Ingram in goal and his decision making. It, it 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 sort of sometimes got us trapped into a corner where a team would aggressively press us. But with Alsop, he seems to know when to. Like the clever little dinks over the top to somebody out wide in space, you know that's something that Ingram wasn't quite able to do, or would kick it out for a throw-in kind of thing. Hmm. So no, I think um, it, it's showing that it's a, it's another player where the former clubs, you know, told us that he's, he's no good at all, and he's come here and he's, he's proven absolutely opposite. So no, I'm 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 really happy that he's coming to the squad and look really good because, like you say, it, all those pieces of the puzzle now are just starting to come together. Yeah, in, in yeah. a nutshell, he fits the way Rossini wants to play more better than yeah. Ingram does. As good as Ingram is, he just fits that slot better. And as it is, Rossini wants players who can play that football the best he can get them. So it was a no-brainer that eventually he was going to come into the side. And, well, mm. he's like two man of the matches. I maybe wouldn't have given him man of the match against Stoke, but he did walk away with it, so he can't really begrudge him for it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's kind of already proved he's rightly in the team. Yeah, I think the longer we keep Ingram, the better, because, I mean... I know 29 is not really young for a goalkeeper, sort of Baxter was at sort of 23, 22 when we had him. But I think having him as a back, you know, the second choice for a lot of years with these other goalkeepers coming in, if we do sign more um, over the next few years, it's, it's really good to have him as a second choice because he's actually really, really good, I think, especially at shot stopping. Um, I mean, with Allsop, some of his long balls haven't been amazing, but generally I think 
the main complaint we'd have about uh, Ingram is that he doesn't release the ball quick enough, whereas Allsop's, you know, more forward thinking, like George Long used to be, perhaps, um, trying to get some assists. There was one against, uh, or with uh, almost reached Connolly against Leeds very early on, and then, of course, he created the second goal today, uh, finding Connolly that time. So um, perhaps he needs to work um, playing out from the back. I'm sure he probably didn't play that system at Cardiff, and um, so perhaps it might get a bit of getting used to it, but long balls have been pretty good so far. And, I mean, yeah, great save um, from uh, Rutter. I thought, you know, it was like that um, George, uh, uh, George uh, Muller, uh, Muller miss against England at the Euros where he had the whole sort of half to himself and you think he's going to score and then miss. So that was, you know, the, the best part of the game in terms of how much we celebrated along with the red card. Um I mean, to touch on Traore, Danny here's asked a question if Traore is the best natural number 10 we have at the club and he thinks he should have a solid run. I guess two fans probably the best number 10, but he's probably shown a bit more than Twine this season. I know Twine's still... Twine's not really played in his number 10 role either yet, really. No, the only time he's played in the number 10 was uh, because today was one of the first times we had a number 10. Traore started, he came off the bench for the last half an hour. So, and... He's, he's certainly far better in the middle. Um, mm. I think, obviously, when he came into the side last season and he played um, in that central role, he was he was really good. It's his ability to, to take the ball under pressure. He's very similar to Seri, just more creative in an attacking sense, yeah. whereas, you know, he can get the ball in tight tight areas, keep possession and, and, and play little one-twos with players and get into more space. And I think Traore is really, really good at that. And when we were playing him out wide, you lose that ability from him because mm. he's an out-wide player. Um, obviously he was a square peg in a round hole but we all knew that anyway um, but it's hard for him to get into that number 10 role like we say because of the players available that we want to play there but going on to this performance why can't you give him the next game at least um, you know he, 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 yes it was a bad miss against Leeds but he scored today and I thought he played really well overall I think he kind of plays a little bit different to Tufan I think this is the main thing to take from the squad this season is that we've got a lot of options in the attacking areas but each player gives us something different I think that's that's the massively important bit. Like if you look back to last season, we were very one-dimensional. Whereas this mm. season now we've got options to change it up as and when, or for tactical reasons. Um, like Tufan, I think is better as a not necessarily a number ten, but he, he he does that sort of second striker role where he he runs into yeah. the box a bit more more than Traore does. He likes to drop onto the edge of the box. So yeah, I mean, like you say, he's got a goal. Um, it'd be harsh to drop him for the next game, but you can also see why Rosini would want to get Tufan back in the squad because he's scored mm. four goals. and Or want to get Twine back into the squad because he knows how good he can be. We've just not seen yeah. it yet. So, no, he's, he's definitely put a, a claim down for that spot for me, but we'll have to wait and see. Mm. It's just that strength and depth we've got at the moment. Um, talking about the red card, I mean, again, similar with the Stoke game, I don't know whether we were consistent for the 90 minutes. We weren't against Coventry and then we were really good at least keeping the ball and kind of putting pressure on Leeds if we didn't even create that many clear opportunities. Um, when they did go down to 10 men, it really changed the game. So just a bit frustrating. We couldn't play like that, but, uh, you know, for the whole time. But I think a, a point against Leeds, that's two clean sheets against Leicester and Leeds, who are supposed to be these really, you know, great teams. So, of course, Leeds are just behind us and Leicester ahead of us. But I think that shows that. I mean, really, if we'd kept, you know, that uh, point against Norwich, which we sort of should have, we'd be um, eight unbeaten. I think this season has uh, been really good yeah. so far. It's best championship season we've ever had uh, after eight games. 
Um, I know we probably would have had more points in League One under McCann, but we played, that we played the had two that many before. Played the two relegated sides and not conceded a goal. Mm. Yeah, the two probably the two favourites to go straight back up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, Southampton, they've not really been great. We're playing them in a few weeks, probably a good well, time before, before they click. Um, interested, you talked about um, Leeds thinking that they've clicked. Um, that was one of the um, uh, things you put in the uh, a, a good post you did, the Leeds bingo, Leeds fan yeah. bingo. So um, that was good. And, yeah, uh, annoying. I mean, <clears throat> especially if you enter the Traore miss because you have to work with Leeds fans or you, you know a lot of Leeds yeah. fans. So do you want to just talk about how frustrating that is, I guess. I, it's, I mean, it's not even just in the context for me personally. It's just in context of the season. Like that, that difference between one point and three points is just that one moment. You know, if that goal goes in, um, we're in a, we're in a, such a good position right now. And like you say, if we'd got that point against Norwich as well, uh, you know, it would be just outside the top two. But yeah, no, it's, it is tough when when you're in laws of Leeds fans and, and you work with Leeds fans and you used to work with Leeds fans mm. and. Um, you know, the, your biggest chance of the game when they're down to 10 men, um, you fluff it. <laughs> so, yeah, they've, I've, I've had a few days of grief. So, um, today's goal's gone somewhere to helping me forgive Adama, but he, he's got a couple of goals to go, I think, before he can, um, yeah. he can safely be off my um, angry list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, uh, Ian's got a comment that's relevant for you, Will. And that, uh, well, firstly, the quietness of the Leeds fans, he thinks that they were worried about playing. Us. I know I that. Think, I thought we were yeah. very quiet considering mm. the reputation they obviously always seem to have. Yeah. I think uh, first they sang about, winning, they sang about winning the, the European championship. They sang about winning some European trophy that they never won for about 10 minutes, didn't they? And no, what about the, the, the champions of Europe? What are you on about? <laughs> they, they sing it, um, so it must be know, true. Co- Coventry were by far the best, best the wayside so far. Mm. Still in the season yeah. by a mile. And then uh, Ian Templeman says that uh, on today's game, we were very close to the 3 0. If we keep playing like this, then will you'll finally be able to predict something else, but not quite, unfortunately. I think because I, of the I think I'm going to keep predicting it because we're currently fourth. Yeah, it's working quite well, isn't it? And, and aren't you actually top of the prediction table or pretty, I think we'll find pretty well in there? Yeah, I'm sure we'll find that soon. Um, yeah, I'll after this episode. Yeah. I guess the only negative that came out of the Leeds game, uh, sort of major negative, because I think over the 90 minutes a draw was was fairly respectable for us. Um, Coyle had to miss the Stoke game through, um, not suspension, but the concussion protocol. He Having his nose like turned his... sideways. Yeah, it didn't look great. Didn't look great. Um, when when did that happen? Grief did it. <laughs> Because I was, I saw Coyle in like the first five minutes get hit in the head by the ball. So I thought, no, is happened. that when that happened? But it was later. No, was it, it happened near the end of the game. Hmm. It was yeah, just it was before he was off. It happened when he went off. That's why he had to hmm. go off. It was just a collision between him and Greaves. It's just an unfortunate one. But hmm. now he has a nose like his brother. Hmm. Yeah. So I wasn't at the Coventry game. So this was my first chance to see uh, Philogene in the flesh. And I thought, you know, first half he did quite well against Ailing, but I think his performance against Stoke was was much better. Um, and then some other things that came out in the week. Uh, I'll, I'll mention it now just to get it out of the way for people who are finding this quite annoying now. I said that I would mention him only if he scored. And he did he score. Did he scored a worldie. He scored a worldie against Rotherham. Ryan Longman scored uh, for Millwall in just his uh, second start. So well done to him. He's doing back fairly to doing well his there. form. Yeah, or perhaps it's his wing-back form. 
because that's where he's been playing for Millwall. Because I think that is where he played the best football for all City. Yeah, perhaps there's just slightly less pressure to attack when you're a wing back compared to a striker. And perhaps that is just not here. Yeah, well, well, is that the club? You know, I'm sure we're probably paying some of his wages. But, I don't uh, know. With, 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 with taking some slide digs at Rosinia in the newspaper, he might not be back in summer. Yeah, possibly not. Maybe he just he's just loving. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Coming out and criticizing your parent club is the wisest thing to do. No, perhaps not. Um, and then Ian Templeman there says that well, both Olsop and Longman made the team of the week, so that was good for for the Ryans that whole city. Um, and then uh, confirmation that there is a fifteen million pound buyback clause for Philogene, and I think after you know the if season's we get going, promoted. yeah. So that's an interesting thing. Um, I suppose it would be fairly sensible if if that was the only way we could get him, and he is the difference between us going up and not going up. Then perhaps losing out on him, and of course with all that playoff or promotion money, we'd be able to get a replacement. It's not really that bad. I think if we were in the championship and we were able to sell him for that much, that'd be kind of a bad deal. Well, well, Tan 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 sort of explains it really well in that interview with with All Live, where he said, you know, that kind of clause helped us sign him above other teams because then Villa, you know, like you say, in, in the future, if if we get promoted, they could, you know, buy him back for £15 million. But then we also, the ball's not in our court where, uh, in their court, whereas if a bid comes in for him, we have to tell them first and offer them first dibs, which is something I thought would always happen. They'd have first refusal and buy yeah, back. But, but they haven't got first refusal. So, if a team comes in with a bigger offer, we can just we can accept the bigger offer. So they've looked after the financial future of the club in the in the signing as well. Because what we're signing for five million pounds, even if we get promoted in Villa signing back, you've made ten million pound on him. Um, but if not, you know, another club comes in for him, they're gonna to have to pay a lot more than fifteen. You know, they were all saying the Villa fans, fifteen, twenty million pound player anyway. Mm. So, you know, for the future for the club, I mean, you know, on the off chance that we do get promoted this season. Are they realistically going to want to sign him back for fifteen million pounds? I don't think they will with the wingers that they've got available. You know, it, it'd come down yeah. to a case of who they lose in summer or whatnot. But mm-hmm. no, it, it was it was a smart thing to do. I do feel like Tan and uh, Tan and Ajin have got their heads screwed on when it comes to transfers, yeah. uh, far more than obviously that, the, the previous owners did. Um, I think I think in terms of I mean, recruiting players a, from here, we've got serious pull. They've got their heads screwed on far more than they did a year ago. Mm. Yeah, yeah, they've learned. Yeah. They've learned, and I think that we all knew that it was going to be a learning process with these in charge. And I think that they've realised, you know, that they have to adapt, and, and they weren't just going to come in and basically have it as a Hussey Ulmer team. Um, and you know, they've 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 brought in Rosini, who who's probably helped advise along the way as well. And we've come to sort of this symbiotic relationship between the manager and the owners, where you know, we, it's working for the club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, uh, something else that came out in the news that Tan Kessler talked about was the new McVitie's deal. Uh, sort of yeah. touched on that, but um, I think financial fair play wise, that's, you know, along with the Corindon thing uh, last year and the sponsorship, I think these sort of things, these deals are really going to help, um, you know, especially with the, the wages that we're going to be paying for sort of two fan and Serie, these sort of people. But financially, I think the signings have been much more astute than last year. And um, I think that sort of buyback clause, including that, um, meant that we could get him. And uh, I think, yeah, if it's only go- if we go up, you know, who knows? They might not even want to sign him uh, because maybe he isn't worth that much. We, we don't really know. But uh, let's just move on to the, uh, the game today. We have sort of talked about it before. Um, we hadn't won in Stoke since 2006. So we've put that to in rest. The in, in the league. In the league. We, 
We won there six years ago. Um, with Ryan the, Mason scoring a lovely Great Ryan Mason goal and a last-minute winner from Marcus Henriksen, if I remember that correctly, in the League Cup. Um, so, uh, also man of the match again. Uh, we've sort of touched on him, but uh, that's a really good signing, I think. And uh, I think Philogene, as I said, this performance from him was, was much better. So, Will, general thoughts on what was another really good away win? Yeah, yeah. the first 20 minutes were a bit rubbish. Uh, uh, both teams were very scrappy, sort of didn't know what, couldn't really do much with the ball, to be honest. They were both at each other's throats, quality misplaced passes. But after about 20 minutes, we started to control the game. And then once we went ahead, obviously we scored two in quick succession. But once we got that first, there was really only one team in it for the rest of the game. Uh, it was a perfect sort of example of what Rossini wants us to play like pretty much that game uh, sort of control possession a sort of crowded for the most part crowded stuck out of chances mm. uh, and the, when we did check we did when we did have our chances for the most part we pretty much took them we were very clinical for the most as well so mm -hmm. uh, no one had a particularly bad game apart from maybe I thought Seri at times was a bit if he in the midfield, he took too long, quite a few chances, and obviously right on half time, him and Connolly mm. had a spat. And I think it was mainly because he kept he was taking too much time on the ball and letting him start getting it. But apart from that, it was what I want to see from City going away from home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, sometimes when you go away from home, you can sort of be scared, maybe just try and defend. But we're playing like we do at home, um, away, and you know, trying to controlled match i think that's the best thing to do um and was this sort of a case that i mean last year we did draw at stoke so this is sort of showing that we've progressed a little bit because you know, both teams had chances but we signed these attacking quality players this summer and they made the difference today so um was that a case that you know the new signing sort of you know made the difference to last year um yeah i think so i think like as we've touched on before that the the depth in the squad and, and the options we've got coming on off the bench um, even just for squad rotation. I mean, I was quite surprised that the lap uh, two fan and Twine weren't starting. I kind of half expected Twine to get dropped because I feel like he needs a little bit of a break to sort of get, mm. get himself together again. But yeah. um, to include Traore and, and, and bring Morton in, I thought, uh, and Vinagre, well, I mean, we knew, we knew Vinagre was going to come in, didn't we, because Cole can play. But, you know, these these changes can easily ruin your momentum if you feel like you've got it. But we, we sort of just carried on seamlessly. Like that momentum won't stop whatsoever. Um, I think we raised, you know, the the, the possible uh, issue of, of playing Morton and Seri together in the middle because they're quite similar. But I feel like it, it actually was better. No um, problems at all. They, they complement each other in in a way yeah. that Ryan Wood never did. Uh, oh, yeah. Morton likes to. I think when we're trying to play out from the back, what happens is Seri Morton both drop very deep, but into different spaces. Um, so when we're getting pressed up into the the the, the top end, well, to, into outside mm -hmm. our box. We've we've got an easy route out that sort of little triangle we play between Allsop centre back midfielder and then we can find it out wide, and I feel like the system works. And I really do like Morton. I, he was actually my man of the match today. I thought he absolutely bossed that midfield you, for us. Yeah, he was who I was going to say. I didn't think it was Allsop. I thought it was Morton. Yeah, Morton for me today was fantastic. I feel like he's he's forced his way into the starting position. It's hard because you know naturally the player that probably would be dropped would be Regan Slater, and he. Essentially, scored today. I mean, it's going to go down as no. He played further forward where we, I think, we wanted him to play for a bit. Yeah, play. I mean, we, we we said this on the last episode, didn't we? You, you, we lost Regan Slater's goals and assists because he's been playing in a deeper role, which I don't think suits Slater. He's not a drop on the edge of the box possession kind of player. Is he? He's, he's 
he likes to to press from the front, and I feel like it was a very smart tactical decision to do that because having to play Vinagre, who we know is very good going forwards, not so good maybe going defensively. Yeah. Slater protected him. Slater protected yeah. him. You put him on that side, and and it gave sort of Vinagre that freedom mm. to go forwards and create some opportunities for us. Like you know, Philogene was unlucky to score from a good mm. cross from from Vinagre. And, I just feel like the balance of the team's right. No matter what team selection we've got at the minute, the balance is good. And that's just, it's great for us because last season we had hardly any options. This season we've got rotation options, options off the bench, and it's working. And yeah. it, today felt like that kind of win that a top six side does against the bottom half side on the run. Yeah. You know what I mean? A, a, a decent away performance come away. Because I, I didn't think we actually played, I don't, I don't think we got out of third gear today. And we came away with a three-one. Probably didn't, no. No, mm. and, and that's and that's such a positive because this side's got such high potential that you can see it coming together now. That kind of result for me is just really exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really exciting to see us playing the same way at home or away. That's what we're seeing it talks about, and um, I think uh, I mean Connolly seven goals in thirteen now. He's continuing his fine form. Uh, you know, I think. It was Eric Ten Hag this week said that it's Man United team sort of misfits and ours are sort of similar. A lot of players that have been injured or not played, I know Vinagre and Connolly especially, I think played well today. Um, and I think Morton, I know the um, Slater goal won't go down as his, but um, Morton, uh, he's already don't, got... Don't, don't compare our players to Man United squad. Well, no, it's full no. of Rollins. I don't well, want any... certainly is. Well, they are certainly misfits, but ours are just sort of players who've had sort of poor form or, or poor luck elsewhere. And currently, you know, yes. the seniors getting their best out of him currently, I think, is certainly one of those uh, main people. But uh, oh, even yeah. also, oh. it's sort of not been great at Cardiff. Maybe this, you know, really suits him. So it's really exciting right. that we're only just getting going as well, eight games into the season. And the uh, longer we keep this good run going, uh, the better. Yeah, I mean... The, the the bench the strength in depth on the bench just looking yeah. at it compared to Two the end of last season, didn't even come on when we had all our injuries at the end of last season and the bench was very very threadbare um, mm. the difference is ridiculous now. selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing however you ching Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, I was just saying that Morton, he didn't get any goal involvements last time, but he's had well, uh, one start and uh, two uh, appearances off the bench, and he's got two assists now. So I think perhaps, you know... I mean, Sky, Sky Sports put a graphic up today mm. when, when, when he was on the pitch about his... his, um, his his stats at Blackburn, 
Yeah. And he was he was ranked first in their team for passes forward, chances created, chances things created. like that. For how deep he plays, that's another angle on the pitch that's given us options. Another um, if you've got hit... Go on, Will. No, you go on. Um, so it's like if, if you look at our attacking options, the front four, and, and what can be created slash scored in that sense, and then you've got Morton who's sitting a bit deeper that's also going to contribute to that. You know, the, the potential for goals in this side is so high at the minute. Yeah, I think the other stat which goes off from that, that came where I remember it coming up about Liam's time so far at Old City, where it was saying how he's one of the more like the third best team in terms of uh, clean sheets and goals conceded, con- had the second least defeats, but we had like the 15th most goals scored and like the 10th most points. And I, I think that's the difference we've had this season so far. We're scoring the chances we didn't score last season. Yeah. Now we've put that right. Hopefully, well, we're fourth, so that suggests it's working. Yeah, and there's still that mind-blowing stat that it's what seven defeats in 38 under Liam Rosier yeah. in the championship. Like we've people, nearly played 40 games and he lost rate. seven. Yeah. People have mentioned his win rate, but a lot of his draws. It's just he had yeah. lost men. You see, but you see, for, for me, it's frustrating that because last season we had such an injury-ravaged squad that yeah. the draws. Compared to where we were under Shotter, the draws are a good thing because we would have lost those games under Shotter and probably got relegated. Yes, oh, yeah. we maybe a goal off, you know, X amount of wins last season. But to me, it, it, Rosinia's prime objective last season was to come in and make us hard to beat. And he did that. This season, his objective was to get us scoring goals. And he's done that. So, you know, everything that we need from Rosinia, he's, he's getting out the squad at the minute. And when, when you're sat in fourth place after eight games, you know, yeah, it's it's hard not to be optimistic, isn't it? Yeah, I mean it's just yeah. a start, but I think you have to have a positive start. Really, it's very difficult to come back. I know Nottingham Forest did it a few years ago, but um, it is very difficult to sort of get behind and then you know go on a really good run. If we can go on a good run from the very start of the season, uh, that's perfect. But yeah, I guess last year make us hard to beat, and I think perhaps we we did need that last year. Um, you know, to make those mistakes from, you know, Ajin and Tan with the recruitment. And then also, like, you look at the fitness of Traore and Tufan getting better and then becoming important players. I saw um, on YouTube sort of two YouTube shorts next to each other, Tufan scoring on the first day against uh, Bristol and then the first day, you know, at home against Sheffield Wednesday. I could just see how much fitter it was and thinner. And I think, you know, we've needed that year because, you know, it's going to be even more important for us this year. Um, so I think, you know, it's been important to have that time to improve. Um, I guess uh, Coyle will be back for the next match. I think Venegri actually played quite well, as you said, uh, and using his pace to get forward and with Slater sort of backing him up. Um, should should we drop Venegri? Because I don't really think you want to drop many people after um, an, a win. But then he's going to have to change the team because, of course, um, Glocklin will have to come in, presumably, for Greaves. So what do we think about the lineup for the next match? I'm not actually sure. It's mm. it's tough, you know, because I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't um, be surprised if he put Macker in centre-back and moved Greaves into left-back. Yeah, but that could I, I mean, I guess, I guess it depends who he wants to play in left-wing. Um, because, like you say, if you if you play Vinagra, I feel like you need Slayer above him. Mm. Um Whereas Morton's played really well, so if you do play a twine on the left on the left hand side, for example, Slater, are you going to drop him for Morton alongside Seri? 
it's the, it does, there's a lot of headaches all over the squad. Like a lot of cogs move if, if you want to include one player to sort of make up for some tactical error somewhere else on the pitch. Like for example, Vinagre going forwards, but not so good backwards. It's it's there's for me obviously Maka comes in. I don't know if you can. Ch- Vinagre played well for me, but are we going to keep Slater up up where he was? Um, yeah, I do find it funny. I do find it funny. Yeah, yeah, we've signed all these wingers, and yet Regan Slater coming at left wing <laughs> is still the best thing to do. You know, but he didn't really play as a winger. He pressed, he pressed mm. it on the wing to their obviously wing back and centre back, but he moved central to let Vinagre go forward. So Vinagre yeah. was technically a wing back today. We have sort of been playing that asymmetrical system with Lakilo, you know, against Sheffield Wednesday, for example, as a wing back, and then you know, um, Coyle. We went to a, we went to back, a three-five-two against Leeds as well, um, mm. with with Coyle at the back. But then Coyle went off and they brought Macker on, and we went to that back three that that some of us probably would have liked to have seen at the start of the season. Mm. Um, and I like them. We had Lakilo and Philogene, didn't we, as the wing backs? And they, they even looked good at doing that. So, mm. like you say, you've got such variation now in what systems you can play, what players play everywhere. There's versatility in the squad galore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Plymouth. Uh, if we want to move on to that next match. Um, they have a very poor away record, a very good home record. They've scored a lot of goals at home. They beat Norwich 6-2 recently, but away from home, they've, I think, lost three and drawn one, and Watford aren't very good this year. So I think perhaps they're going to probably just sit back and counter us. We need those technical players on the pitch to sort of unlock them. And I imagine that perhaps having, you know, I don't think he's going to want to play Greaves at left-back. He's going to have the pace of Vinagre, perhaps, and I think we want to keep Triori in. Of course, he scored, but he's a good technical oh, player. You he can he imagine him... the left back. No, I don't. I don't know if he will. Could play him up front. You know, just cross the ball into him. I mean, he's headed. suspended. He won't play Greaves at left back. Oh, of course. Well, I, well, he's going to have to play Vinagre on. Well, we could try McLaughlin at left back and then oh, he'll be at centre back. Yeah, I think I think he'll probably want to keep um, Vinagre perhaps because I think his pace looked pretty good. Um, so uh, I think it's time, it is time finally this episode for the most exciting part of the podcast. Sorry, Ant, but going to cover your face up with the graphic. Um, I think because, of course, we're uh, fourth, they're 12th. Um, at the moment, it's a ratio of uh, seven whole players to uh, for Plymouth players. I'll just read it out. Allsop and goal after two men of the match performances. Fanagre Jones, uh, Scar, who scored against um, Norwich for Plymouth. Christy Whitaker has got three goals and four assists so far, I think. Traore, uh, Azaz and Philogene. And then up front, we've got um, Connolly and Hardy have scored five goals each. So this team would not, I would never put this team out because it's just so attacking. Even the fullbacks are going to be pushing up and uh, Traore and Azaz are not sitting players. But uh, Will and Ant, thoughts on this one? I think I'd have Mumba in above Christy at the minute. Yeah, yeah. Well, Christie didn't do anything wrong today. He but didn't, but Mumba's Mumba's got a lot of goal contributions so far for Plymouth this season. He's done really well mm. um, from yeah. full back. Whereas obviously Christie's still coming back for us. Um, maybe he's not hundred percent yet, but he's on his way there. Um, but other than that, you haven't done too bad, to be fair. Okay, it's pretty much the same as every week. Then, Will thoughts? Um, not too terrible, I hope. <laughs> No, Tell us how fine. you feel. It's, it's fine. fine. 
Oh, the diplomatic approach. That, that's surprising. Uh, uh, I remember saying... putting Morton for a Zaz, but that's about it. Oh, yeah, yeah Morton. Honestly, I will put Morton in because I just forgot him. about him. I was thinking about Seri so much because he's been in every one I've done. Harry's the, doing a sort of face uh, palm emoji. He didn't have the greatest game against Stoke. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Of course, the uh, chance that we had, or Stoke had at the very end, also made a good save from the free kick and Konami got annoyed at Seri. Sometimes the major thing you can say about Seri is that maybe he's not really quick and... Although he is really good on the ball and getting out of those tight situations, because he's so calm and relaxed, sometimes he just does take a little bit too long once every game or so. Um, and I think that's what happened against Stoke. Uh, we've got a comment here. Any problem for two fan? I think Trio is good. We've got some good attacking players. I think it would be amazing if at home, because that's what we're saying, two fans good at home. No, he wasn't on the pitch, but if we don't need him like we didn't today, perhaps then... Unless they're meaning injury-wise, which I don't I yeah. don't think there is, because obviously he came no, back. He was on the bench, wasn't he? He didn't bring Tufan on because we were winning comfortably. Um, yeah, yeah, he didn't need to risk it, did he? He didn't want to risk him, so he'll yeah. probably be seen uh, against Plymouth. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's why we brought him on against Leeds, who wanted to get the points, but we didn't need to risk it, and... You know, I think Delap did really again, uh, well again coming on. He had that really great Maisie run from the halfway line and ended up with a shot that was tipped over or blocked. And um, yeah, I think he's going to get a lot more goals. And uh, you know, would have been nice for him to get uh, a goal against his former side. But I think that just yeah, again... it was it, it was a weird one for me that we dropped Delap. That was I think that was mm -hmm. the most surprising uh, change for me. I, I don't yes, know if he wants to keep him. Yeah, he wants to keep him yeah. safe. Because obviously it was against his former side as well, um, and then the, the the club that his dad sort of made his legendary status at. So I feel like he might have had a bit more interest to score, kind yeah. of thing. And he, he came on, he looked like a man possessed. Like you say, first thing he did was turn a Stoke midfielder, charge towards the goal, and have a shot. Probably yeah. should have slipped Slater in, to be fair. But um, yeah. you know, Delap looks a completely different, new animal for us this season. So if you're saving him for Plymouth, then you know I'd be worried as a Plymouth fan. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because it was a, a three-game week, Rossini has been saying in the press conferences his decision-making is sort of going to be based on that. And I think he's managed the week fairly well. You know, perhaps we, we should feel a little bit aggrieved we're not coming away with seven points this week, but I think five. Uh, and commentary and Leeds are very good team. So I think generally it's been very positive. Um, last little thing, just thinking about Slater, I guess. You know, formations, it's just about having the sort of right players on the pitch. And if Slater's there to, you know, back up Vinagre, then that worked out quite well. It'll be very interesting to see uh, what he does against Plymouth. But um, anything else about the two games uh, this week? Or, or do we want to do our predictions for um, Plymouth? I, I, I'm going to make an appeal out there to anyone at Hull City. When is that tracksuit coming out? Because I want to buy every single damn copy of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the one they were training in. Beforehand, with the sort of red and yellow, someone the retro 1980s, one, yeah. red and amber. Yeah, I'm sure perhaps someone in the comments could tell us exactly what season that's kind of based on because I imagine that there was a sort of kit that looked a bit, little bit like that with the red and yellow or amber, but uh, I can't remember what it was. Um, apparently, I was born like a week ago, uh, <laughs> according well, to yeah. some of the comments. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, it's been a really good week. Um, is promotion, I mean, I, I know I predicted 11th. Can we start to, to dare to dream? I know it's eight games, I, but uh, I in two games. I my prediction. 
if we're still in the playoffs with you know, in the next two games, I know we've got Plymouth and then tough game at Ipswich after 10 games if we're there. Can we dare to dream, Ant? I still think that top 10 is probably where, whereabouts we are as a squad. Mm-hmm. I think we've got a really tough run of fixtures coming up, so let's see where we are at the end of it. But the good thing that we've got going so far now is that we're getting points against sides that perhaps we wouldn't have done last year and we're yeah. getting points against sides around us. I mean, if you look at the teams we've played, you know, a lot of them have been in the top half. The top half mm-hmm. sides, Bristol City, Leeds, uh, Leicester, Norwich, etc. They've all been sides that are in and around us. And we've been taking points, maybe not of Norwich, but of, of all the others. So why can't we be playoff chasers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess top 10 does include the top six as well, doesn't mm-hmm. it? So not necessarily saying. But uh, I think about tough, tough fixtures. We've just had a run of tough fixtures, Leeds and Leicester, and then Coventry and Blackburn, who were you know, just outside the playoffs. And, uh, you know, Stoke have made a lot of good signs. They've spent a lot of money. Every single game's tough. I know Ipswich is going to be tough, but uh, if we can, you know, if we can I mean, beat if Leicester, we beat, beat anyone. We've sort of been doing, we've been breaking some of our club hoodoos this year. Mm. So maybe if we beat Huddersfield, then we know where we're heading. Because that, that, that for me, is the pinnacle of the season. If we beat Huddersfield, we get promoted. Yeah. I mean, sort of Stoke is, is a hoodoo, isn't it? We beat them. Yeah, Blackburn know. is usually as well. Blackburn, absolutely. Because um, uh, I put a tweet out that, I mean, we lost 5-1 under McCann, that horrible season at Stoke, and then 2-0 again under McCann, uh, just when we got promoted. But then 0-0 last year, 3-1 this year. Last four games against Stoke away have sort of shown some progress as a club where we've been uh, at that stage when we've played them. So, yeah, you're right. If we do beat Huddersfield away, uh, is that sort of later in the year against is it February I'll I'll, I'll, I'll lump about 100 quid on us getting promoted the moment yeah. that full time whistle goes Huddersfield away if we want yeah that might not be worth much because I think by that point if we keep playing like we are we're going to be top anyway when, it, when is Huddersfield away yeah I, th- I think it's February it's much later in the season isn't it Um, so Will uh, unfortunately for you we were 3-0 up very close to the end and then Vidigal their top scorer uh, got a, a consolation goal really so twat yeah, you're going to have to predict 3-0 again. So I'm going to ask you first, at home to Plymouth, um, you know, can we keep in the playoffs, you know, get up to 18 I points? I will happily predict 3-0. You're yeah, saying happily like, predict 3-0? Yeah. Usually I feel like this season, is a game where it's, it's quite likely as well. Yeah, I think Plymouth is I probably... Know, I a, do know they did score six against Norwich, like, but... <laughs> They're a different side at home than they are away. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that the home form was sort of why they got mastered done pretty well away from home as well. But they were very good. And we've at home lost last one year. in the last sixteen at home. Yeah, oh, it's set up then, isn't it? If we, we're it's good at home up. and they're awful away, it's better for a one-nil Plymouth win. <laughs> yeah, City could be rearing its head. Mm. Uh, Liam's here saying we seem to play great against the big teams, but then we go to the ones below us. We tend to falter, and Plymouth are below oh, I don't us. Know. I mean, there's twenty teams below us right now. Yeah, we'd be pretty rubbish if we were rubbish against the teams below us. But, cause no, I get what you mean, because last season we did struggle against a lot of the sides who were in that yeah. lower, lower table. And historically, position. that is tends to be what yeah. we do. Yeah. We got one point or two points out of uh, Reading and Huddersfield combined, and they were both pretty grim last year uh, when we yeah. were playing them. So, uh, yeah, well, generally, uh, predictions, 3-0 Will, you're saying? Uh, and. And what are you saying for the Plymouth game? I'm going to say 3-1. 3-1, yeah, yeah, similar to today. 
Well, this is a difficult one because I want to predict us to win and I predicted us to win today by two goals and that happened. What do you mean you want to predict us to win? Why? What, oh, what you it's just, There's a book coming. We're being too good. This is the best we've done in the championship after eight games. This is an unprecedented times, really. Uh, yeah, I mean, Liam's there saying, I have that anxiety about us. and um, I mean, I, I have to predict us to win. 4-0. 4-0. I reckon, yeah, why not? Chayore is going to score again and the floodgates going to open uh, 4-0. Why not? Sound, why not? We sound way too over the top. We really do. Um, but maybe that's the way to beat you in the prediction well, we've table. we've got reason. We've got reason. We've not lost since the opening day of the season and we're scoring goals this season. So why can't we? Yeah, we're a very I good th- side at home. Home's kind of turned into a fortress. We're in good form. We're scoring goals and Plymouth are very good away. Yeah, yes, I'm actually I'm pretty sure. For Nathaniel, the supposed sensible one, to go 4-0, <laughs> that's not a good sign. No, it's not. Okay, so Plymouth haven't actually lost this season, but I'm just checking League 1 and League 2, because um, I know... They definitely um, lost this season. Plymouth have lost. Uh, but Preston, Preston haven't lost. Oh, and then yeah. Liverpool and Man City haven't, but they've not played seven games. So we might have the... Second longest unbeaten streak in the country. That might be a thing. But I'm just checking uh, League One and League Two. Although yeah, I was impressed on the best run in the Football League. Yeah. I know that us... Portsmouth. Is it us, us Stockport, yeah, Portsmouth. and who else was it? Uh, Ipswich have got the best home records this year. Mm-hmm. They've only lost They're once in 2023. Yeah. yeah. And it was, we lost to Burnley. It was our one. The free one yeah. Burnley. Yeah, that was a disappointing one, but I guess. Well, well, you know, but it was also a one. They were waltzing to the championship title. Yeah, well, at some point they could have been, you know, the, the best ever, but they just sort of faulted at the end. And uh, maybe when Twine started playing, he messed it up for them. Don't know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think let, let's be positive. They're, you know, a newly promoted team, and we're fourth. I think we're, we're fairly justified to predict a win. So, Thanks again for everyone commenting and liking. We'll be back very soon to discuss, hopefully, another good three points against Plymouth. So, uh, Anthony, well, thanks for joining me. Hopefully announced as um, FCA finalists tomorrow. Yes, yes. Nice. yes, so you can I'm start like, voting for whoever it is tomorrow. Uh, afternoon. I'm not expecting it. No, well, no, we we've would... gone downhill since Nathaniel got involved. So it's not <laughs> happening. Yeah. Thank you very much. And on that bombshell, uh, we'll see you next week. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.